we begin today with a great big welcome home from me and to me, actually. But that's okay. Then I tell you about having plans changed without my knowing. And it was wonderful. I'm reminded that no matter how long you've been married or in a relationship with someone, there's always room for new discoveries. And then I share with you the word that captured it all. All on the way to answering the question, but is it vast? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. All right, if you've never listened to any episode of this podcast before, and this is your very first, where have you been? We've been waiting for you. Welcome aboard. Also, the point being that if you're new to this podcast, you don't know that Sarah, my wife, and I just returned from a two-week trip to Iceland. And actually, I said that very strangely. That sounded like three of us went on the trip, Sarah, my wife, and I. No, Sarah is my wife in this case, just two of us on the trip. Initially, this trip was going to be a scuba trip, but at some point, I mentioned to Sarah in a conversation that taking pictures of the northern lights was on my photographic bucket list, photography being one of my hobbies. She quickly decided that the best place to do this was Iceland, Iceland for, I think, two main reasons. First, it truly is a wonderful place to see the northern lights, and second, as long as we're going to be going someplace on an aurora hunt, Iceland worked because it interested her as well. I think, Sarah, this may be an exaggeration, but I think she had 50% of the trip planned by the time I discovered we weren't going to an island for scuba diving. We were going to an island that was night all the time and going to be driving around in the snow. We were going to pursue one of my photographic dreams. Now, just by sharing this much of the story, you might discern that Sarah and I are very different personalities. She's a planner. When it comes to vacation, she doesn't plan out of need. I mean, she does plan out of need, but the truth is she also plans just for fun. Sarah gets almost as much joy from reading, learning, and planning for a vacation as she does the actual trip itself. So in our relationship, Sarah is the detail-focused person, and I'm, I'm wary of using this term. I'm more the dreamer. It's not that I can't do details or Sarah can't dream, but in the scheme of things, she will more often than not put aside dreaming if there are tasks to get done. And I will equally put aside tasks if there's a good dream in which I can lose myself. First, let me say that I got no good pictures of the Northern Lights because I got no pictures at all of the Northern Lights. I went on this trip with the full realization that was probably, I was guessing, about a 30% chance that I would see and therefore photograph this phenomenon. What I didn't know was that my estimation of 30% was probably wildly optimistic. The northern lights are dependent on three things converging. First, there must be some sort of solar storm 18 hours before you see the northern lights. Just normal solar activity is not going to produce anything Since it takes 18 hours for those solar winds produced by the storm to get to Earth, that arrival must coincide with darkness wherever you are at the moment, or, again, you're not going to see anything. And finally, the sky must be clear, or at least relatively clear, for you to see it, or, again, you're not going to see anything. In short, it is more rare than I had anticipated, and there was no solar activity whatsoever, so we saw nothing. Well, that's not fair. 
we saw no aurora. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Sarah. Sarah's smart, quick-witted, thoughtful, but she's not as inclined to muse aloud about the questions of life because, because, well, there are frequently too many things that need to get done. And that is, as I said, where her focus falls first. Oh, I should say as an aside, unless grandkids are involved and then all the rules are off. So imagine my delight and surprise as we drive ourselves around the snowy roads of Iceland to find myself privileged to experience time after time after time when Sarah shared more thoughtful insights about our experience, our trip, even life in general, than she had collectively probably in the last six months. It was wonderful and exciting, and a side of her I know is there, but I don't always get to see as frequently as, well, I would like. So it got me wondering to myself, why now? Why Iceland? Now, it would be easy to say, well, because she was away from home, away from the daily tasks that surround her. And she now, she now had freedom. But Iceland, our trip was filled with tasks. We were constantly having to check road conditions against the route we were trying to take. Then we were making adjustments to our route. I drove, Sarah navigated, each of us taking the role we would greatly prefer. Isn't it great when our relationships work out that way? As I drove, she actually had a lot to do because weather in Iceland is, let's say, more dynamic than any place we have ever traveled before. And that means road conditions were equally dynamic. So again, why Iceland for this aspect of Sarah to be so prevalent? I think it has something to do with a word she used to describe this island nation. And that word is vast. We were driving through a mountain pass Everything around us, in every direction, was covered in snow. We'd not seen another car for probably 30 minutes, and there was none in sight in any direction. And she said, you know, the best word I can come up with to describe this place is vast. It was a perfect word. There's an openness, wideness, expansiveness, vastness to this place— It is not vast in the sense that I have experienced on the ocean where you almost get vertigo, or I can, because there's nothing but sameness all the way to the horizon in every direction. This is a vastness that calls you, invites you to explore in every direction, in any direction. It's a vastness that invited curiosity and discovery. I think I've mentioned before in previous episode of this podcast, when I was in seminary, once a semester, we would have a quiet day. There would be, at some point, some sort of guided meditation on that day, normally in the morning to kind of get us started. But mostly, this quiet day was exactly what it sounds like, a time of quiet contemplation. When the day was over, it was interesting to sit down at dinner and listen to people wax poetically about how liberating and invigorating it had been for some of them to have this period of long silence and solitude alone with their thoughts. But but as I listened to them, I kept thinking, not for me. For me, it was as someone had locked me in a closet for a day. I did not feel any of the things these other people described feeling or experience. I felt stifled. I felt constrained. It's amazing how differently we can experience the very same thing. As I've mentioned probably many times here before, I love scuba diving because it is as close as I can imagine to totally feeling liberated 
from normal physical constraints. I feel like I've been given the power of flight, and I can explore in any direction I choose. The world is open like it has never been before. And I tell you this because I can't tell you how many people I've met who can't stand scuba diving. They've tried it. They hated it. Or even people who hate snorkeling, which is a very similar experience. Having their face in the water, a mask over their eyes, the regulator or snorkel in their mouth leaves them feeling claustrophobic. I find that absolutely fascinating. We could be side by side doing the very same thing in the very same place at the very same time, but our experiences are so different. Actually, in this case, polar opposites. I think on this spiritual journey called life, we need to occasionally seek the vast, wide-open spaces that allow our thoughts and spirits to soar, to wonder, to create, to seek the divine. I also think that these vast spaces need a little bit of disease. That's a strange thing to say. Why do they need to be diseased? <laughs> no, not disease, but dis-ease. I should have said that more clearly. They need to have a bit of uncertainty to them, where the final destination is unknown, to really allow them to be a time of self-discovery. As much as Sarah and I found Iceland to be a place of both formation and seeking, it was not comfortable nor was it easy. It was, it was challenging, but challenging in a way that left us feeling not broken or overwhelmed, but challenged and accomplished at the end of every day. Now, I tell you all of this because I think every one of us needs to not just seek the experience of the vastness, but we need to spend some time to discern what that is for us individually because it's not the same for every one of us. And I think very often churches, spiritual groups, have a way that they understand the vastness can be experienced. And they often try to convince people, oh, this is the way it works. If you're a real Christian, you ought to experience like this. But it's not true. We have different ways of experiencing. What kind of experience causes us to feel the freedom? to wonder, to ask questions, to grow, and hopefully experience and encounter the holy. That is a primary question each of us needs to think about and wonder. Does it happen for you in the still quiet and alone places, like in seminary when they had those quiet days? Does it happen for you in the wide open expanses? And those aren't the only choices. It could happen through writing or perhaps music. Look, I can't obviously name all the possibilities. I encourage you strongly to think about this. Where do you encounter the vastness of exploration, discovery, learning, and hopefully encountering God? Perhaps it is a time of meditation or a time of traveling what is for you a new land in God's creation. Look, whatever it is, it's worth knowing this about yourself. So you can make time to allow for yourself those important moments in your life, moments of expanding your experience, moments of formation, moments of asking important questions, and those moments allowing yourself to understand your place in God's creation. 
That's all for today. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you get notified of future episodes. Also, you can find me on Facebook and YouTube. Just search for Sky Pilot Faith Quest. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, my email address is dan at skypilot, S-K-Y-P-I-L-O-T dot zone. That's dan at skypilot dot zone. And as always, I would love to hear from you. On your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for listening to Sky Pilot Faith Quest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions. <laughs>